All right. Let's pick up Psalms 34. Psalm 34. What time is it? 10 after 11. Y'all give me a little bit. Psalm 34 verses 1 to 3. Reading from the New Living Translation. Psalm 34. Beginning at verse 1. We'll do verses 1, 2, and 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Say amen when you get there. Verse 1 says of Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will con constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt or lift up his name together. I repeat, verse 1 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Don't miss that. I will constantly speak his praises. I want to talk around the thought, the subject, when praise and worship becomes your practice. When praise and worship becomes your practice. When it becomes your regular habit or routine. Is that clearer? When praise or worship is something that you do naturally. You don't pump it up. You don't fake it up. You don't come just in the church to put a face up. It's what you do. You heard the song, praise is what I do. Praise and worship should be what you do. How many believers up in here? Praise and worship should be what you do. Let's pray. Father God, we come before your presence once again in Jesus' name. Just to say thank you. We thank you, Lord, even right now for reminding us that we ought to be praising you and worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Touch the hearts of each and every one under the sound of my voice, those here and those that are viewing from home or wherever else. Let us to know in these last and evil days, you want to hear from your people in the spite of what's going on, praise and worship. We ask these and all the other blessings in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you would convict, convince, and convert even right now, you get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. When praise and worship becomes your practice. The Bible teaches, and I have come to the same conclusion, that we ought to praise and worship God in every moment and in every situation and circumstance. Y'all gonna help me? Uh, another passage in Psalms 145 verse 2 says, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. And we know that with genuine praise, there has to be worship. 
They come together, y'all. I see no indication of our praise or our worship being limited to only those times when everything seems to be going right in our lives. I don't see that anywhere in scripture that you only praise God and worship him when everything's fine, when you got it going on. As a matter of fact, it appears that the psalmist had reason, listen, to praise and worship the Lord in his most difficult times. Remember, we're talking about when praise and worship becomes your practice or is your normal routine. And personally, can I give a personal testimony? In spite of the stressful situations just before me and my wife left for our vacation, y'all, some of y'all know, if not all of you, that there was a, a, a major storm and many homes were left without electrical power. And our home was one of them. And we were without power for about four days or more. Y'all, you never miss the water. You never miss your electric till it's, it's not working. Anybody ever try to walk around with a flashlight for four, four days, five days at night? It ain't too, it's not too good. It's, 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 it's stressful. Amen, somebody. And then you take one day at a time. You never know. You call and they say, we working on it. And you know, I understand they got thousands of people. But it happened to be in my particular community, only six. Was it six houses? Six houses. It was thousands, but in my particular community, it was six of us. I think they went to help, which seemed to make the thousands before they came to the six. Lord have mercy. I was thinking about, should I go to the church and stay? But it ain't nothing like home. Y'all ain't going to help me. I knew I but, but, but I thank God for provision over in, in, in the administrative building because that's what it is. But, but that ain't home. And then it gets dark later, so I stretched out the light on the port, you know. But after a while, it gets dark. Here come the flashlights. I'm glad I had about four or five of them and all around the house. You're big ones that shine and light up the whole ceiling. Man, I had lights all over the place. And then they keep on announcing about having them power things. They put you weather the storm. They, they kept running that stuff. I said, man. Say, how you see? You had no TV. I had a cell phone. Amen. But in spite of our discomfort for four days or more, we continued to praise and worship God. We didn't allow negative circumstances. And then on our way back yesterday, Saturday evening, afternoon, a car just ahead of us around the Baltimore, Maryland Expressway, somewhere around that, went out of control and flipped over. My wife saw it flipped over on the side. I saw it flipped over on the, the hood. Ain't that some two people we watching? She sees it. It was over regardless. Crack windows. We don't know if anybody was dead because cars were stopped. They had about four or five cars, people running to help whoever's in the car. And of course, I had to keep driving else I'd been a part of the accident. But I'm saying just ahead of us, so, so close to happen, didn't have police or nobody. It just happened. God kept us safe. Y'all ain't going to help me. From, and guess what? Can I let this one on you? Honey, I said, I was tired. 
Sister Evelyn said, are you rested? Every time you go away and say, you don't automatically get rested because you try to catch everything, do everything. Yesterday, I told my wife Friday night, I said, I didn't sleep well at all because I was thinking about this, that, and not worried, but thinking. Your mind is active. You ever had an active mind and just it don't shut down and man, you wake up talking, I might well still stayed up, Pat, and, and, and looked at the walls or something because I didn't get no sleep. So I'm driving and it said five and a half hours to get home. You ever try to drive and you fight and sleep? Anybody? Oh, man. I know, pull over where you know I, I'm going to pull over if I have to and I'm trying never to have to. My mind and my wife, I said, honey, I need your magic. And she started rubbing my neck and I said, I need that massage of these muscles or something. And she I said, oh, elder, you know what I mean? Just rub that man. I said, I need something. I said, rub this head, rub this neck here, something. That's when an accident happened, one of those times. And I, it woke me up for real, for real, scared straight. I said, man, you, you know, she, honey, you, you getting ready to go over the line. And I'm talking, don't tell me I'm going. Y'all ain't married. Any married folk up in there? <laughs> Wife telling me the truth. Don't, don't tell me, Sister Mary. Don't tell me when I'm. Yeah. Sister Mary grabbed here. She probably told her husband. I'm trying to tell you. He don't want to listen. Anybody else, any wives got any husbands that you try to tell them? The way I shouldn't even put that out there. You try to tell them something they don't want to hear. But that goes the other way too. But guess what? It didn't stop us from praying. Matter of fact, it, 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 it made, we prayed for the persons or people in the car and then we thanked God. We gave him worship and praise for not allowing us to go through that. In spite of all the negativity on social media, because even when we went away, even when we went away, they still was talking about on the news, uh, political calling names. You ever heard so many supposed to be educated, well people, they talking like you would tell your kid to wash their mouth out. Just say anything these days. I mean, talking and, and, and talk about, you can never go to your kids and tell them not to do something. That's what the grown folk are doing. And they're going to be your leaders. They are your leaders, some of them. All of the financial strain and all of that, it didn't, we didn't leave it home. It's everywhere all over the place. But it never stopped us from giving God glory. Am I right about it? We didn't thank him for the bad news. We knew in spite of the bad news, we could give him glory, praise, and honor. Am I right about it? I wish I had some praise worships uh, up in here. Y'all wouldn't understand. In spite of what you're going through that's negative, that does not stop you from praising God. Am I right about it? Whatever it is. Paul and Silas are two good examples of people who maintain a praise and worship testimony in the face of painful and challenging, discouraging circumstances. Y'all remember Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16? They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Y'all remember, verse 24 of Acts 16 says, So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. But around midnight, when all hell breaks out the worst in your life, 
The Bible says in Acts 16, around midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. In other words, they had a praise and worship meeting. Locked up in jail. Come on. Uh, cold, rat infested. Being abused verbally by the guards, I assume. But that did not stop them from giving praise and worship to the God that they served. Even if he didn't deliver it, they know that he could. Uh, I said praise and worship got to be something that you do. You don't work it up, pump it up. It ought to be easy. That's why I'm not talking about it, but that's why you find some people look at you and say, what is all this prayer? Work, they, they, look, they, the, the, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the football, the basketball, they get excited, and then they want to know why you're excited about the Lord. Do you not know you ought to be excited about Jesus? Is anybody in here know that you ought to be excited about the fact that he woke you up this morning, started you on your way, put food on your table, a roof over your head, still got a right mind, still can actively move your limbs in that object of time for worship. Somebody give him worship and praise up in here this morning. Remember Saul was converted on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. He had a rough situation because he was a persecutor. But he became a follower of Jesus Christ after he had an encounter with, encounter with the Lord. See, when you have a true encounter with the Lord, it'll change you up. Am I right about it? I'm not talking about a cat. I'm talking about a true encounter with the Lord. When you really meet him for who he is and really realize what he's done, you can't help but give him glory, praise, and honor. Am I right about it? And when you become a praise worshiper, guess what? You're not like you used to be. Any change folk up in here? I, I'm still a work in progress, but, but I'm still changed. I, I, you, you know that you change. You, you may not, you're not perfect, but you change. You know what you used to do. You still don't do. Somebody ought to be glad you're not like you used to be. Uh, notice two words that I keep on talking about, praise and worship. And somebody said, well, is there a difference between praise and worship? Well, let, let's see. They intertwine, but let's see if we can kind of... See, praise is about God. Worship is to God. Praise is opening up. Worship is entering in. Praise is boldly declaring. Worship is humbly bowing in the presence of God. Praise applauds what God has done. Worship honors God for who he is. Y'all ain't hearing this. There's a difference, but they go together. Am I right about it? In other words, true praise is to God, and, and true praise to God is worship to God and to him alone. Amen. <clears throat> and I looked up because, you know, what is praise? Praise is, in the original Greek means to sing, to tell of, to give, or to confess. And the word praise comes from the Latin, Latin language of definition, definition meaning price or value. We value our God because there's none like him. 
anybody know there's nobody no other look there are other gods small g but there's no sovereign god creator and sustainer of the universe but the one god am i right about it psalms 105 says describes how to praise god for what he has done for us it says give thanks to the lord psalms 105 verses 1 and 2 give thanks to the lord and proclaim tell somebody about his greatness let the whole world know what he has done i hear somebody say i don't go all over the world your sphere of influence people ought to know whoever you come in contact around about this time they ought to know what you're about and who you think about the most you ought to be telling somebody your neighbors ought to know around now there's something different about you I wish I had some witness. On your job, you don't go around running, talking about, but there ought to be something about your countenance. There ought to be a light shining that at some point they're going to come and ask you what's going on. Am I right about it? God has been merciful to us. I can't see a man or woman that don't want to give God glory, praise, and honor. Am I right about it? The psalmist says in Psalm 79, tells us to praise him from generation to generation. And you know what that means? Why that's so important? How are your kids going to know about God if you don't tell them? Our kids now are being raised about focusing only on money, success, doing it your way. Your way is the only way. You know, they talk about uh, your truth their truth, somebody else's truth, when Jesus says he is the only truth. Your kids don't assume that all by, you got to put that into them. They've got to hear it from you that the Lord is God all by himself. Then they got to see you practice it. I'm talking about when praise and worship becomes <coughs> your habit, your normal thing. God is so good to us and the hymnologist wrote, when I think, that's how much praise and worship is. When I think about the goodness of the Lord. See, make that personal. When I think, when you think, somebody ought to be doing When don't think for George Porter, think for you. When I think about how God has been so good to me, I can't help myself but shout hallelujah. How I think how he's kept me and my family safe from danger seen and unseen. Am I right about it? He's a good God. I'm talking about when praise and worship becomes your practice. I said genuine praise will spill over into genuine worship, which provokes a response and invites participation. When we talk about praise and worship, I'm talking about for the believer. If you're a truly believer, there's no way you can sit quiet and not have some kind of emotion. I said, if you are genuine practicing praise and worshiper, if you're somebody that spends any kind of quality time with the Lord, if you know just a little insy bit about the Lord in here and out there, you in no way can just stand and sit when we talk about how good God is. See, you got to know for yourself that you know that you know that you know that you know that God is good 
I can't make you shout. You shout because you can't help yourself. I know some thought, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to let you know about David with his undignified praise. Because some of us are so sophisticated, you know, we don't want to fluff our hair. You know, I put too much into it. You know, <clears throat> you don't want to do like that woman was on the show a few weeks ago. Nothing about wearing a wig, but she wore a wig and she shook her head front and it flew off. <laughs> she was a little undignified. I think she didn't have it clamped on right. But anyway, she did a flip. I'm talking about on public TV. You, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But she was good. She just fell right into it. She didn't run and go get a wig. She just talked and said, well, I'm just paraphrasing. This the way I look without my wig. That's the way you got to clean it up, y'all. Amen, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Praise and worship. You know, you, and, and when, you, when you worship God, there ought not be anybody else that accepts worship. Come on now. I hear folks, I'm at 27 years, and everybody needs to know that they're worth something. When your kids go to school, when they graduate, when they're on a team, come on, we praise them. That's a lesser kind of praise. Come on, everybody needs to know that they're doing all right. From the pulpit to the door, you got some folk, all of a sudden, they become so holy. No man gets no, what, what do you, God says a dog, you rub his head. Let him know he's doing all right. So don't get sophisticated, holy on me now. Cause some men know you just jealous, envious, and if it's not towards you, you don't want it towards nobody else. But you never accept worship. A type of praise is okay. And that hits your heart. Come on, somebody. Because inside you know you don't deserve it. Because we, if we got what we really deserve, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I didn't get what I really deserve. Anybody other than me glad you didn't get what you really, really deserve? God can see a black ant on a black rock at midnight. He knew what you was thinking just before you walked in the church. Matter of fact, in some places, he knows what you're thinking while you're sitting in church. Am I right about it? I'm talking about when praise and worship becomes your habit, your practice. I said your worship has to be in truth, not just spirit, in truth. How is it in truth? Well, you got to know what the word is talking about. You have to be, listen, informed by who God is and what he's like according to the scripture. See, our worship must conform to the revelation of God given in scripture. The more you know about him, the more you know you need to know about him. I, I don't know about you, and, and I'm almost done. <clears throat> but I work on the sermon for days, looking at life illustrations. And then I look over the scripture, I look at, I read commentaries, look at the Bible. And when I think I've got the sermon done, when I look over it again, the Holy Spirit said, you missed this. You need to take out that. This ain't going to make sense. They don't need to hear this. They need to change. But Lord, you tell me, change it to that. Because God is ever changing, not his word, 
but changing his word to meet your needs. His word didn't change, but he knew when Pastor Pointer get back on the 3rd of September, it was the 3rd of September, he gonna have some folk in there that need to be informed about some specifics. They need to hear something about what God has done. They need to lift up their heads. They need to stop being down in the ground and like dead such a way and realize that God is still in control. Worship is an attitude of the heart. Am I right about it? Look at three characteristics. Listen about David when he worshiped the Lord. Y'all want to get this. At least three characters. Y'all to bring a pen, a pencil, something. Three characteristics about David when he worshiped the Lord. Three traits. Three highlights about David's worship that I believe can bless us this morning. Are y'all listening? First of all, y'all need to get this. David was a broken worshiper. Y'all get that one? Secondly, David was a focused worshiper. Thirdly, David was a passionate worker, a uh, worshiper. See, I, I, I know everybody's not loud and you don't have to be, but somebody ought to get excited about the Lord sometime. How can you just sit down and hold hum and somebody in your house say you loud, the loudest mouth all over the town? How can you come to church and all of a sudden you ain't got nothing to say? I'm talking about when praise and worship becomes your practice. First of all, I said David was a broken worshiper, meaning, listen, he had a contrite spirit, a broken spirit. And that broken from the Hebrew word Shabbat means to burst, to break to pieces, or to reduce. See, it's easy to see the brokenness in David's heart as he approached God about his sin. A contrite heart is a heart that shows sorrow or remorse for the wrong you have done. Some people don't care what they've done. But if you God's man or woman, if you want to serve God and worship him in spirit and in truth, then you don't feel good about your sin. You feel bad about it. A broken heart will say, I, I don't want to keep on doing the wrong. <clears throat> Even if I'm struggling with my drink, I don't want to <laughs> keep on doing this. No, even if I, you know, you may not be freed from it, but you're on the way because you feel bad about it. David was a broken and blessed worshiper. You know why? Because he had weaknesses that didn't disqualify him from being used by God. Y'all looking at me funny. Every one of us from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor, has weaknesses. Anybody other than me got weaknesses? Any other flawed individuals in here? Some of y'all don't raise a hand. Everybody's still a work in progress. Am I right about it? But here it is. How can a, a brokenness be a blessing to us? We've all seen, let me see if this will help. We've all seen restored furniture. Oh, Lord, I ain't got much time. We've all seen restored furniture. 
Restoring furniture involves stripping away the old varnish or the paint with strong chemicals. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all have done that. And it reveals all the old scratches, the gouges and spots on the furniture. And then the sanding takes place. The wood is rubbed with a coarse sandpaper in order to smooth out its imperfection. Then the furniture is ready to receive a new stain or paint color. Restoration and newness can be given to old furniture just like God can restore and make us brand new. Am I right about it? He rubs off the rough edges. <laughs> he sands her. He sanded somebody this morning. That's why you got a hard time receiving it. He sanded your bad attitude, your negative spirit, your angry countenance, your unforgiveness, your feelings of guilt and rejection. He sanded that to let you know that in Christ you can do all things and there's nothing that will stop him from loving you. And because he loves you so much, you can't help but love somebody else. Am I right about it? Bible is clear. God says, I'm still working. And because I'm still working on you, in and through you, praise and worship should be about you. Am I right about it? I said, <clears throat> there are ways to know God is breaking you before he can bless you. I'm hastening. See, you got to face the fears of your past weaknesses and failures. Somebody in here right now, you have not faced up to your fears of your past. You letting that stuff haunt you. Come on. <laughs> you letting that Anybody ever had to deal with stuff that keeps creeping up about your past? No, God will break you. That means he's got to allow you to face up to your past weaknesses. I don't have to tell your story. You know your story, and I know my story. But there's some things about my past that were pretty, pretty ah, disgusting. But I'm so glad that I faced up to it. I'm a new creature in Christ. Am I right about it? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't care how pretty you look in here today. Somebody knows you from the past. I've had people that know me from the past and didn't see me for years and years. And when they saw me, they wanted to connect me with the old me. And they came up and said something about so-and-so and so-and-so, and I shut it down. They said something different about him. No, I'm a new man. I ain't the same George Parner. No, no, no. I live for the Lord. I love the Lord. They said, wait a minute, he's talking a new language. I said, I know he washed me. What do you mean wash you? Soap and water. The blood of Jesus Christ. He washed me. He purged me. I'm no longer the old me. I'm a new me because I'm in him. Am I right about it? I said, hey, you know, God uses old. He uses old vessels. He uses fragile vessels. He uses damaged vessels. He uses uh, fragmented vessels. He uses uh, people that nobody else would think about using. Y'all looking at me funny. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young and cried a lot. Jacob was a cheater. 
David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. Disciples fell asleep when they should have been woke. Paul was a Pharisee until they changed for the Lord. We all used to be somebody else. Stop looking like you want somebody else. We all was messed up, jacked up from another mother. I said from another mother, but he saved mine. From another daddy, the devil used to be, but he's a liar. He's no longer in charge. When I got saved and gave my life to Jesus, the devil had to bend down and get out of my way. I said, God will make you face your fears from the past. Am I right about it? I'm not going to finish this thing. But now, now he removes certain people out of your life. I'm going to stop it at this point. He removes certain people. When he wants to break you, he'll have to remove before he can bless you. He got to remove. Y'all better get this one. He got to take out of your life and mine some people that y'all been finding comfort in. He's got to take out of your life some things that you used to find comfort in. I didn't tell my wife this, but I was in the store in Virginia. I'm getting ready to close for this. We might have to come back apart. Not next week. We'll see. I was in a store. Y'all know my testimony. I used to be an alcoholic. Over 20 years. Started at 12 years of age. I don't want to tell you how I got started. That's a whole story by itself. Trauma in my life got me drinking every week and then started drinking every day. How'd you go to school? Drunk. Uh, but anyway, I met, what is it? Walmart. Anybody ever heard of Walmart? <laughs> they got Walmarts in Williamsburg. <clears throat> I was in Walmart. I'm going to tell you how the old man tries to creep up, Alex. I'm going to tell you. I'm in Walmart. My wife, I left her, you know, at the unit. I'm by myself. And for some reason, they had an island. They sell wines and stuff. And y'all, y'all, y'all look. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they sell hard liquor, but they had wines. As a matter of fact, they had two rows. I didn't know they had that many kind of wines. And I'm pushing my cup. What was I going to get? I don't know. Some eggs. I don't know why I'm down the wine aisle. Sister Mary, don't talk about me now. <coughs> don't talk about me. Elder, don't talk about the pastor. I'm supposed to be getting eggs and bacon. And I'm walking down the wall. Here's what it was. The Lord wanted me to see what he had delivered me from. I told you I used to drink all the time. And he wanted to take me down memory lane. So I could remember what I used to be. And how I used to couldn't not do it. And I even went down the aisle. Shade, Shade, I can't pronounce this stuff. Different. And somebody walked in and said, oh, you're looking for wine? I said, no, I'm just passing by it. 
remember. And the devil tried to tell me, boy, why don't you buy yourself a quarter of this kind of wine? See how it tastes? You know you delivered from it. I ain't going to tell you that I would have got hooked again. But the Lord said, you don't need it. You've been free for drinking 40 years. I don't need to taste no wine to get high on Jesus when I think. All I got to do is think about the goodness of the Lord and all he's done for me. My heart shouts hallelujah. 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 I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for saving me. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Say yeah. Say, say yeah. When praise and worship becomes your habit or your practice, no demon in hell can keep me from the persuasion of the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't know who God is talking to out there. You still struggling. Stop saying you can't do. You can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens you? Which strengthens you? Stop blaming on you can't stop. You don't want to stop bad enough yet. But praise him. On your way to your breakthrough. For the good and the bad. I'll praise him. Oh, whether happy or sad, do I have a witness? I'm going to praise him for all that he's done for me. Hey, I'll praise you, Lord. Because, because praise is what Sing a little bit of that. Come on, come on, daughter. Somebody, sing a little bit. And I owe it to you. One more, one more time. One more of them. Praise is what I go ahead. Come on, we we close it out. Praise is what I do. Whoa. When I wanna be close to you. I'm blessed, hell man. Hallelujah. All time. Woo! Worship him. Praise him. Praise is who I am. I'll praise him while I can. I'll bless him man. All time, I vow.
Thank you. Whether happy or sad, I praise you. Hallelujah. In all that I go through. Why? Because praise Thank you, Lord. Praise is what we do. You want the devil to get out of your marriage, to leave you alone. I double need double dare you to praise God. If you want the devil to leave your children alone, praise is what I do. Is what I do. Becomes your practice. Ain't nothing wrong with praising him this morning. Ain't nothing wrong with Thank you. this morning. Praise, praise you. You want to be delivered? Praise God. You it's want God in your situation? Give yes, him praise. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. That's the last thing the devil wants you to do is praise God. You want to hit the devil in the gut? Praise and worship God. He'll back up because he can't stand you praising him when you're going through. When you broke and you praising God. 
When somebody dies and you praise God. When your marriage is in shambles and you praise God. When you don't have a job and praise God. When people are talking about you and dogging you, you praise God. God will send the devil packing. Give God some praise. While we're standing, we don't assume that everybody has a relationship with the God of heaven, in here or out there. Praise and worship makes you feel good. And it lasts forever and ever if you're a believer. But if you're not a believer, it's a temporary band-aid thing. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of of the Lord shall be saved in the process of being saved can look forward to salvation if you're not saved in here is there anybody not saved slip up your hand if you're not saved out there if you're not saved I want you to repeat this prayer if you're not saved in here or out there I want you to repeat this prayer Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner and cannot save myself. Lord, thank you. Because I right now surrender my life to Jesus. I accept Jesus as my personal Savior because he died for me. He paid the penalty for my sins. And now I accept him as my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Because I know that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. So we're grateful for that. Second call. If you're out here and you don't have a church home, the doors of ABC is open to you. Why don't you come? Out there, we ought to see you next Sunday. You say you love the pastor. You're being blessed by the church ministry. Why don't you come and help me celebrate my 27 years? Yeah, be plenty of food and the word. Third and last call. You already saved? You already have a church home because you need to belong to somebody's church. But you're out of fellowship. You're a backslider. God wants you to restore, to want to restore you back to the joy of your salvation. Is anybody here? You're out of fellowship. God has already forgiven you if you've already asked out there come on back home god bless you and heaven smile upon you give god some praise as we get ready for our communion i got it <laughs> hallelujah the Spirit of God is truly in this place today. When praise and worship becomes your practice, don't forget that. You can start on that and continue on that for the remainder of the day, the remainder of the weekend, 
And you don't have to shout it out. You can say it to yourself. You can praise and worship God. Doesn't praise and worship make you feel better, anybody? Doesn't praise and worship make you feel better? But now we want to be a part of this communion. You remember the Bible talks about it. On the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed <coughs> by Judas. They call it the Last Supper. Remember he gathered together with his disciples. The Bible says he broke the bread and gave thanks and said as oftentimes as you do eat, you'll do remembrance of his body that was given. And they did eat. Let us eat together in remembrance of the body that Jesus gave in our stead. Also on that same night, as we pull back the bottom portion, the same night that he was betrayed, he poured the fruit of the vine. He said, this represents my shed blood. Some people teach it was the, is the blood. No, it represents the blood that he shed. He gave thanks and he says, as oftentimes as you do drink and participate in this, you do show remembrance of his sacrifice because without the shedding of his blood, none of us could be forgiven for our sins. But he died for us, for you and me. And they drank remembering that this blood would forgive them for their sins. Hallelujah. The Bible says they went away praising God. Thankful. Is any thankful folk in here today? Oh, by the way, I'll be back on Bible study this Wednesday. I got a new, new lesson. Y'all gonna want to tune in. Amen. You're gonna want to tune in for the new lesson because I believe it's gonna bless you. I'm gonna be talking about how to deal with slumps in your life. How you deal with spiritual fatigue or dry spells. It'll bless somebody. God bless you and heaven smile upon you. Give somebody a hug. God bless you. See you on Wednesday. What we got this being done, the scaffold.